Hey, folks, this is Eric Martin, and you are listening, watching, rocking out with me with Sean Ratches on Laughing Monkey Music. <laughs> good evening, and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Tonight, we have Eric Martin on. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're killing me already. We're just starting. So tonight, we'll go over some of the stuff you've done in the past. I want to talk about some of your albums, little pieces, try to break it up a little bit, a couple of questions, and, and um, <laughs> we'll talk about I know you got some stuff coming out. You can be doing some touring and stuff, too. So uh, the first big question I want to ask you is, you know, the, the, the elephant in the room is always the reunion. So before you say anything, uh, 415, 415, you know, <clears throat> harassing you, because I know you get the reunion question, so I wanted to... Oh, you know, I, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a few reunions. That's all you get. That's all you get those, those. So, no, I'm just harassing you. Uh, no, the 415 thing, uh, actually, we did a uh, we did a reunion about, I want to say, it feels like 20 years ago, uh, at the Mystic Theater in Petaluma, California. Really yeah. small, little cool town. Y&T has a live, bunch of live records, or maybe one or two at that place. Uh, and 415 did a reunion, ironically, opening to Y&T. And, uh, and it was uh, Troy Laquetta, Tesla, John Nyman, Y&T, me, Dave Jacobson on keyboards, Tom Duke, and Mark Ross. And Mark Ross has uh, passed away since yeah. that, those days. But uh, it was really, really good. And the Troy Laquetta actually got a bunch of people together and uh, videoed the whole thing. He got, he had like about five or six cameras going and a little oh, more, wow. maybe a mobile truck thing situation, but never saw the light of day. And um, man, it, and then I, I think it was 20 years ago because, or, or longer, because I think my, I had a website, I think it was like geo cities. That's how far back that was. Right. My, my father ran it. It was called Eric Martin's Pops Page, and he talked about it. And that was so long ago. But yeah, I'd love to see the reunion um, uh, video. Video. So Troy, oh, actually, really good. Out. There you go. I like the fact your dad had a web page for you. That's even better. Oh man, my dad uh, totally believed in me. I mean, when it was four one five to Eric Martin band, uh, he he. He was the first one to make T-shirts. Like he had the, uh, I was managed by this guy, Herbie Herbert, as a solo artist. And then yeah. Herbie managed me and obviously Mr. Big. Um, you know, Herbie managed Journey, Europe, Roxette, Santana, I think, and Steve Miller and a bunch of people. But anyway, uh, back in the day, we didn't, we were just a new band and, and, we didn't have any merchandise or anything, but we did have a little logo and it was mm -hmm. like E M B you, you look for right. it. It was pretty neat for 1980s. And my dad used to make t-shirts and sell it at the gigs and then started doing this Eric Martin's pops page. And then he had Eric Martin's army and then like a newsletter and you get a, get a little um, laminate uh, membership card. It was kind of cool. And wow. And then little, um, and letters, you know, my son's going to send you a letter and pictures and it was, it was cool. He was, he was a true believer. That's, that's really crazy. I mean, so he, he was, uh, you're, cause you're a military, uh, well, Brad, you were a military, yeah. so he was a uh, military guy. So you travel around. So it's kind of interesting that him being, you think you know, military would be really strict and stuff, you know, not into music, but really he was really into it. He was really kind of cool actually 
a lot of army brats uh, seem to be either criminals or uh, musicians. <laughs> you know, end up or the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually, this is the music business. They usually become like run, run record companies. Those that's the, the, <laughs> yeah musicians or they run record companies. Back in the day, like like uh, high school girls would go, you know, you're a bad, you know, army brats are kind of like and musicians. You have one of the uh, bad boys. I don't know. I it had to prepare you, right? Had to prepare you for tour, but, but you had been prepared though for touring, though, right? I mean, like your whole life has kind of been on the road, yeah, that, more or less. Moving. That, that was my thing. That's actually what I said. It prepared me for touring. For, uh, I mean, I lived in Italy and Germany, Switzerland, a uh, bunch of places, and then uh, for you know, three year stints, uh, and then uh, all over the United States. Uh, but uh, yeah, when I got into Eric Martin Band, I think we only we only toured the United States, and as a solo artist, just the U.S. Mm. I think maybe I went to Europe once. I don't know, <clears throat> but um, in Mr. Big, God, you know, umpteenth times. You know, there's places in California I haven't been to, but I've been to like you know, Spain a dozen, you know, two dozen times. You know. So. That's that's really awesome. I mean, I, and I don't know how you did it, like being, you know, when you have kids and being away. You know, that's that was the hard. That's gonna be the hardest part of, of touring and being on the road. I mean, it, it was. You know, I, I had the luxury when I was a uh, until they're teenagers, and then I had the luxury gone. when um, <clears throat> Mr. Big took their hiatus. You know, from two thousand something to two thousand nine. <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, my children were born, and I had uh, like three years off and i would do weekend warrior shows like mm -hmm. acoustic or electric shows on my own solo stuff and uh yeah for, so for three their first three or four years i didn't really do much and just was a stay-at-home dad that's pretty and cool then, but yeah but then 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 skype came along and that was great that was a cool crutch you know go on the road and it said you know dad where are you well i'm in bulgaria son you know that kind of stuff <laughs> fun for a long time and then they then you know we were talking earlier before the show that you know at a certain age they just don't yeah. that you know but when they were when they were younger they go dad i got a laminate can i go anywhere i want in the in the show and everyone i go yeah knock yourself out and i was like can't be bothered can't, can't doesn't give a shit i mean i'm sure they would never tell me but i'm sure you know when somebody comes up to him and says your dad's a, a rock guy your dad's a musician yeah 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 he's done some stuff you know i don't know maybe i don't know maybe depends right do they listen, are they do are they fans of the band at least of the of at least of rock are they fans of rock of, of, yeah rock and mr big or are they just kind of like into the, they, they were everything else? I mean, god i mean they we i i put they're rock musicians kids you know so there were posters in their rooms you know when they were little kids they had ACDC and um, Iron Maiden and Mr. Big and and just and Bon Jovi and Van Halen and all that kind of yeah. stuff. The stuff that I had, you know. Um, but I, I mean, in my mind, I can still see my son Dylan, three years old, jumping on the bed to Highway to Hell, singing the you know I'm on that little kid singing Highway to Hell. It was awesome. But and then they, uh, uh, it was kind of a it's I'll condense the story, but. Uh, I reached out to Billy Sheehan and said, my son was interested in playing bass guitar, but he's left-handed. And Billy goes, oh, I don't think Yamaha makes a left-handed 
bass guitar, but I'll look for one and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, he, he found in a music store in Japan, this left-handed bass guitar thing. And he sent it uh, for one Christmas for my kid when he was like about four or five years old. No, a little, little, little older. I'm sorry, maybe six, seven. And um, uh, w- along with a Billy Sheehan learn how to ba- uh, learn how to play the bass instructional uh, video and some guitar picks, you know, not guitar, Billy, yeah. you know, those little ninja guitar picks who are kind of a collector's item thing. And he sent that and, and uh, I got a little video of Dylan playing at Christmas time. And I heard, ironically, this was in the middle of the hiatus of, and I hadn't talked to Billy in years and it was so surreal. So that one Christmas and I'm going, Hey Dylan, do you like uh, the bass that Billy Sheen got for you? And my son's going, shh, like holding up that thing because it's Billy's voice talking to him and this instructional uh, audio. <laughs> and it was like, shh, or dun, 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 you know, and just to hear Billy's voice again, it was, it was cool. And then, it's through that, directly through that, we started talking again about getting Mr. Big back together. So, so anyway, I'm sorry. You kind of help no, 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 no. There's no, there actually really are no rules. This is that's the best thing about music and it's a music show. There really are no rules. It kind of just kind of just goes where the story goes, you know. Oh yeah, well that's I, you're, I, you're, you're good at that. You came to the right place for uh, yes, stories and avenues. Great, that's great. Well, w- w- I have a light thing when you so as in mr big one of the things i always i always enjoyed was the album covers who who always did the album covers obviously kind of felt with the theme but um we well we had an we had this great art director from atlantic records still a great friend uh of mine and he and he did some solo records of mine and he's done some other work t-shirts and all that but his name is larry Fremantle. larry Fremantle. uh and uh, his his son Zach actually is a kind of a great star basketball player on uh, on uh, the college circuit. Uh, goes to Xavier College, and he's you know anyway Larry. Uh, he came up with a lot of that artwork and all the Mr. Big stuff. Uh, I remember, I mean Pat Torpy and Billy Sheehan most of the time would come up with like the title, right? You know, like like when years and years ago where we would play like this you know the struggling days and struggling gigs and and we would we'd be be handed uh but uh, sorry i'm stuttering here but herbie used to say hey you get lemons you make lemonade you know it's kind of mm-hmm. an old saying and we would persevere through all kinds of adversity <clears throat> and uh pat maybe or billy said hey lean into it if somebody's going to shoot you in the head just lean into <laughs> it you know? and um or bump ahead. I don't know how that, I, I th- oh yeah, this is what happened. Pat went to a, a library and looked at all these photo books and he found this book of like this, this guy sticking his head out of a manhole cover, right? Like some, some sewer worker and all these cars are coming. And then Pat brought the photo to us and then he goes, <laughs> bump ahead. And it was like some kind of, there was always a joke involved. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. God, I just did a vocal lesson too, right before I'm talking to you. Back to being whiskey scratch here. Um, but uh, and they all were like that. I mean, the 
the one album that Larry Larry found this uh, this guy, an, a, another guy named Larry, Indian Larry, who was kind of a stunt motorcycle rider. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> and he was he got him to ride this motorcycle, stand up on this motorcycle, driving down this long road. And uh, what was it? You know, get over it. I don't know what that was, but get, oh, uh, you know, yeah, get over it. That, that was one with um Cotton, right? Yeah. Oh, that was a good album. Yeah, yeah. It's all Mr. Big music. I yeah. know, but you're trying yeah. to reference Oh, Cotson, Get Over It, and Actual Size. They were two great, great records. Get Over It was that sort of more country, R&B, funk, rock, and then Actual Size was kind of a cool pop rock record. You know, it's interesting when we go back to that stuff, but with Cotson, you're right, it all sounds like Mr. Big. It doesn't, he didn't sound like he was, he, like he didn't fit in, like, Cotson did not, and I love Cotson like a lot. So like yeah. he did not fit in in Poison. Like that was just not a fit. And trying to do blues with Poison, it was just a, it's a hot mess or a garbage dump, dumpster on fire. Whatever. There but, was there was they 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 had moments, it but it, it wasn't right. It wasn't right. And it's not even saying take away from either the bands. I mean, they it, to me it just didn't feel like it mixed. I mean, musically it may have fit. The songs weren't <clears throat> no, but benefiting. It, it could have though. It could have uh, could have been an evolution, but. It just, it wasn't right. I, look, Cotson, it was just a, he was just a parts, a parts player, you know? Well, his parts are good. I'm saying, I just think it didn't feel like it, the band songs didn't work with his parts. It just didn't feel like no, it meshed. Talk dirty to you me, Richie Cotson. It's not what it was. And it's, it, he's a better vocalist, Cotton too. So, I mean, and, you know, he's, yeah, it's, it's just a different, different animal. But I actually feel like it brought a little more of your soul voice out in this album. It still sounded like Mr. Big, but a little more soul, a little more funk in some of the songs. No, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, you know, I would, I would, I talked to Big Game like all through, like the, the first four Mr. Big records. I was definitely influenced by soul music and R and B and Wilson Pickett and Otis Redding and all that right. stuff. And I had the the twang, the soul twang in my voice, but the band didn't necessarily sound like blues rockers. I mean, there was there was moments. There was definitely moments. Because we all loved uh, the band Free and Humble Pie and Spooky yeah. Tooth and all that. We loved that stuff, but we we're also influenced by um, obviously some Van Halen mo- things in it and and uh, uh, other kind of rock genre. But when um, Richie got in the band, God, for me, I, it was it was he brought all, he brought it out to the table. We started to have that country blues sound, you know. Mm-hmm. There was a song called Try to Do Without It. It was on Get Over It. I listened to it the other day. I mean, oh my God. I mean, it, it sounds like something Chris Stapleton would be doing right now. But yeah, it's, it's, it's country funk. I love it. And 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 I love that, uh, you know, Richie was a lead vocalist. And yeah. lead vocalist. And it was my suggestion that instead of stifling this guy and just making him a guitar player, let's do some kind of a righteous brothers thing where we both trade the yeah. vocals. And we did that like on two or three songs on that, on, you know, on our career. Well, I mean, get over it. Actual size. There was a bunch that did make the record that still out there. That's uh, got our voices on it. Our first song that we wrote together was a song called uh, you don't have to be strong. And it was in his kitchen in, um, in uh, North Hollywood. And man, it was just, I was just, it was a kind of R&B ballad, actually. So different. 
than the, what you expect from Mr. Big. But and then uh, uh, we did a song "Suffocation." We did "Shine," which was a hit, and a song. Countries, you know. Um, yeah, we I mean we kind of altered the sound of Mr. Big a little bit, but I thought it was a good thing. Diversity. Yeah, it didn't change. Like it wasn't like you didn't recognize who Mr. Big was. I mean, because oh no, Mr. Big was a band, and it is was that at the time is kind of. I'm talking in past tense of, of, the, of, a, of a subject. I'm, no, not, no. I'm not an English teacher. You're killing me. Is. <laughs> it's, it's Product is still out there. I got guitar picks today that say Mr. Big on it. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't quit. All right. I'm not saying you quit. You're killing me. I'm saying at the time when grunge was there, like a lot of the bands were devoured. You guys kind of flew over it. I mean, no bands were making like the big records anymore because the industry changed and then digital downloads, whatever. But Mr. Big didn't have a sound. You did not sound like Van Halen. You did not sound like Motley Crue or Metallica. So to begin with, it really had a lot of his own sounds, which is very hard to put in a corner. And then Richie himself still, he's got funk and blues and rock and soul. He's, I think he'd be bigger, but I, didn't, I don't think a, he's, a market's been able to grab onto him because he's just kind of a lot. He's a lot of different things. He's good at a lot. I, I don't know why nobody would grab onto him. I mean, he's always been sort of <clears throat> kind of underground in a way, but that's, he likes it. I think he likes it that way. I mean, you know what I'm saying? How massively talented he is and all the things he does, like, but like one market hasn't just, he hasn't just exploded because he just did now, what, 50 songs and 50 and an album, 50 and 50 or something? Ridiculous, yeah. right? Oh, but they're all, and they're great. I all right. Like you, you know, I'm a huge Richie Cotton fan. You know, yeah. He's a good guy, funny as hell. Suit uh, live, he's just, you know, you go away shaking your head, going, "How did the how the hell does he do that?" You know, he's no throwaway songs either, though, on his album. There's no like <laughs> junk. They're all, you know, they're all good. No, no junk. They're all good. All good. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I like that. How so anyway, we agree on something. So anyway, that was the we yeah we agree on something. <laughs> Kill me. I love I love that. So. It was weird at one point. So, getting back together, I know Mr. Big kind of you guys kind of broke up, sort of. It took a break. Was it a hard break up, or was it kind of weird? Uh, yeah, yeah. The back? They're all they're all hard breaks. But you know, I'm when I say hiatus, that means I don't really want to talk about. It, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they were all look. Looking back on it, it wasn't bullshit. It's just that when we got back together in 2009, nobody really talked about it, which is okay. Cause years, you, you, you know, you lose the taste for hate after so many years, you, you just sort of forget about it. We sweeped it under the table. We got back together. There was a few little animosities here and there, but, uh, but the key to the key that we uh, stayed, uh, that we stayed together was a, we had respect for each other, you know, I, I lost a little respect some uh, in some of those hardships back in the day, and I'm sure they did too with me. But that uh, you know that that wasn't that, that wasn't the case anymore. I, I respect. Uh, I mean, I love Pat Torpy, respect Billy Sheehan, Paul Gilbert so much. But like you know, uh, it took, I mean, after Pat's uh, death, you know, it took a, a lot of. The wind uh, just came right out of the sails, you know, and it was really difficult to play without him. And it's, you know, it, it was a grieving process for, for, for a really long time. 
I'm not saying that, I mean, I would love to get back together with Mr. Big and do, an, uh, do another, possibly a record, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really think if we have anything to say or I, I, I still, when I write songs, I constantly think Mr. Big in my head. I don't know. So even when I try to write acoustic songs, it's always comes out Mr. Big, but I would love to do a, a tour definitely with the band, but you know, I'm not, I'm okay with it. It, you know, I, we have product out that's out right now. We have a live box set and then we got some other stuff in the, on the uh, frying, not frying pans in the stove, whatever they say. My voice is time. Now it's getting all quiet in here. <laughs> yeah, but I would, I would love to do something again with Mr. Big. I love that band so much. I love playing live on stage, you know, um, and the, with the, with Billy and Paul and the spirit of Pat Torpy. I, I, I love that music. You, well, there's right. a chemistry that you guys have. I have spoken. No, there is. There's a chemistry. I was just watching um, Bloodstock or whatever it was. I thought one of the last shows. It was towards the end, you, uh, yeah. your last gigs. By the way, uh, you get an A-plus on your uh, your Lily Mac, Steve Blaze uh, T-shirt that you wore. You know, I'm surprised that I wasn't even wearing it today. I wear that thing all the time. I, I played this strip mall gig. I played... Uh, couple of years ago, I don't know, when I say a couple of years ago, that could be four. I don't know. So it was just yeah. a couple of years ago. But uh, I was playing acoustic opening up to uh, Lillian Axe at a little strip mall club gig. There was another band on that bill too. I can't remember. Uh, I don't really remember. But I met the guys. I met Brian, the singer, good friend. And then Steve Blaze. Steve Blaze, right? Steve Blaze. Yep. Right on. And, he's been on the uh, show twice. What? He's been on this. He's been on this show twice. Dude, uh, he was such a really nice guy. And when they were on stage, I I went I went out in, a, in the audience and I'm checking him out, and I'm just hanging out uh, by the soundboard and the merchandising <laughs> table. And I'm like, pull out like 20, 20 bucks maybe, and I go. And then, you know, I, I'm not trying to get, you know, nobody was like saying, oh, no, 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 take one for free. And I'm like, paid my 20 bucks, put it on. And I felt like I haven't taken the damn thing off in years. It fits great. And I, and I'm, he's such a nice guy. I just kind of, I did that recently in the beginning of the year for Jeff Tate too. You know, I went to see Jeff Tate and Operation Mindcrime. Uh, for the first time, I you know I've never seen Queensrÿche, but I saw Jeff Tate right. do his Operation Mindcrime show, and I'm friends with Jeff. And I had, I bought a T-shirt there too, so I'm surprised that I'm not wearing the Steve Blaze and, and Jeff Tate. Steve, Steve, yeah, Steve's really great. He came on, and then I had him on a second time. I do sometimes I do like an episode where I have somebody come back. We do talk about like records. Come a vinyl guy, we pick our first vinyl. We usually talk like he was talking about like Alice Cooper, and we just go with like a love of vinyl, and. uh He's promoting. He's got a new show. He's actually doing like a paranormal show. He does. Well, he's trying to sell. Like he is ghost hunting. Yes, he's pretty interesting. He's a wow. yeah. He's really, he's really kind of crazy. You weren't expecting that from him, but um, hey, man, you know he's such a nice guy that uh, you know if he saw a ghost or a UFO or something, I'd believe him. No, I do. He's he's great. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's just it's such a great concept he's working on. Yeah, it's called the Veil. I think he's trying to shop it. So look out for it. If he gets it, gets will, it to be I'll, fun. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah, you had Matt Matt Starr joined. That was pretty. Uh... I actually heard a rumor he was actually from the same town Manchester where I'm from in Connecticut. I don't know if that's true because I've never heard like New York or all different places. Like you know, yeah. Somebody told me like, oh, he's from here. I don't even know. I don't know. He's 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 everywhere now. He is everywhere. Him and his mustache plastered all over the internet. I see him all the time doing, um, you know, drumming for uh, Ace Freely or drumming for all kinds of different bands and doing life coach stuff. And um, he's everywhere. He is. He is. He is really good. So you and songwriting through the years now, even in your soul albums, I was just listening to, um, I'm trying to think of the name of it now. Ah, your last two you did, the Destroy It, was it um, yeah, Destroy All Monsters, and I'm going insane. Yeah. You can kind of, I know you're just saying like Mr. Big. You can kind of hear it could be Mr. Big, except you have more of a guitar, pop, chord, power chord, kind of a fun yeah. vibe to it. I, I did that. I did that. Um, I meant to do that because, you know, everybody was like, hey, you need, you need to do like your own solo record and, and everybody wanted to hear Mr. Big songs and that kind of stuff. And, and I think this was around the time where, um, uh, maybe around the time, I don't know. I, I, I have nobody fact checking. You can say whatever you want and make it up really. Cause I'm well, no, yeah, no, I mean, I'm thinking like James Hetfield's not the only one that didn't want one of his band members to do a solo album. <laughs> there was like everybody, every yeah. leader didn't want their artist especially their lead singer to do oh, yeah. uh, a, 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 a solo album because people would think that it's the band and by that, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know why it really mattered anyway. So, but Mr. Big was kind of on our hiatus. Big? I, okay. I, I wanted to do what I wanted to, but I purposely didn't want to do it. Uh, Mr. Big style. And I was really into the Foo Fighters uh, and I still am, but I was really into Elvis Costello, Foo Fighter, like this kind of punky pop kind of music. I kind of always liked it. And I played acoustic guitar for years, but you know, I got a couple uh, Fender Telecasters and I was playing that at gigs, solo shows where I play some Mr. Big music or I play my own music and I just started writing this pop music, pop crunch music or whatever it was and those those two albums are that that's that they're, genre. they're really fun and i was like i'm like I wouldn't call it classic rock kind of feeling but it is kind of get that pop rock it's it's good Hard to explain. well that's why i didn't sell yeah it couldn't uh, put it in, nothing yeah. sells nowadays with rock nothing, in it. but it could have sold this was like 2004 yeah six, i don't know but um uh, yeah, but they were they were fun records. I'm not, it's funny. I mean, and they're still on the set list, some of them, but acoustic wise. Well, there's some good songs. So even, yeah, so you, actually, you, were, you know, we were talking earlier, and I don't know if you want to bring it up. I, I am bringing it up no. right now. Just opening Pandora's box. <laughs> Steve Brown, <laughs> PJ Farley. Oh, oh that yeah, that's a that, that's gonna come yeah. up. Go for it. And those I've been you know I've known those guys for a really long time, and. Steve was and PJ were doing something like that too back in the day called Forty Foot Ringo, mm -hmm. and that had that style too, that sort of, you know, post, I don't know, punk pop kind of sound to it. Ironically, uh, 
there was a song that uh, there was a song that Steve Brown had. <laughs> like he's gonna sue me. This is kind of funny. We talk about it all the time. He had this song called Freak, Freak Like Me, Eric. Like da 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 some poppy kind of song. And I love the song so much, but I never heard, you know, I heard it live. I didn't listen to the record. And but it was fresh in my head constantly. So when I wrote that one solo record, I had a song called Kansas. And I remember when uh, the three of us got together and we were doing some shows, Eric Martin, the Eric Martin, the voice of Mr. Big featuring uh, a fucking long, sorry, long ass name. Why can't you think of it? I was going to say that. Could you make it any longer? Jeez. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so Eric Martin featuring the members of Trickster, Steve Brown and PJ Barley and what, knuckleheads from New Jersey. That didn't stick, but yeah, whatever. Um, but the three of us got together and I gave him that song and I go, hey, I want you to learn this song uh, from my Wayback Machine. It's called Kansas. And Brown is like, wait a minute here. <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like a song of mine. I'm like, no way, man. That's my song. I don't, and plagiarism, how dare you? <laughs> you know? And it, it sounds, it's uncanny. It sounds pretty close, pretty damn close. So did I steal it? I, I didn't mean to. But uh, it's a, you know, here, here it is. Here, hold on. It's like. That's mine, but his is like. It has that. Uh, mine is like. You go a little crazy, baby. The conversation's petrified. You know, that's like that. And his like. Uh, I can't sing this high in this key, but it's like, uh, could it be da 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 da? That's his, and it's uh, hey, it ain't my sweet lord, but it's pretty damn close. <laughs> so yeah, God damn it, you know. So it's actually uh, funny. So I was actually gonna um, ask you. The, the, and Steve was actually harassing about you guys making the album. He's ready. Oh, Brown. oh yeah. man, they're God, those guys. They want to make an album with you, man. They want, they know, you know what they want to do? They want to, okay, I got to choose my words carefully. <laughs> uh, they want to do a Van Halen record. They want to, do, they want to ha have the Van Halen sound with me singing on it. And, and I, I just don't want to do that. You know, I'm not, I mean, I don't, that is. I don't, it, you know, I don't want to the do caveat that. caveat is you were actually auditioned, or you almost auditioned for Van Halen now, so it's almost a Van Halen tie-in now. Not really. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I was asked to come down and audition, and he was, I met the guys uh, over the years, you know, super nice person, and, you know, and it would have been, it would have been cool. I mean, look, coulda, shoulda, woulda. You know, I wish I say this all the time and probably in every video podcast thing, but if I would have done it, God damn it. I, I was wearing the same shirt when I said the same thing in the, uh, in the radio uh, 25 years ago. So I'm not going to say it. It could have, could have, should have, would have done it. Um, but anyway, get, blah, 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 get back to roll it back yeah, yeah, yeah. a little yeah, bit. Roll back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Brown, PJ Farley. Yeah. I would love to do something with those guys and, but just, just I can't find it. You know, God, I hope I'm like not one foot in the grave and went and, and a light bulb finally goes over my head and go, I got it. You know, I, I got now I know I, I want to do, you know. Um, 
I've been writing with this uh, German guitar player singer named Oliver Hartman, uh, who I play at a why well, I'm I'm part of a rock opera called Avantasia. Yes. And you're huge, huge awesome band. production. I mean, awesome production. Oh, oh. Tobias Samet is the main uh he's a singer, songwriter, creator of this whole entity. And it's um uh, it's him, great German uh rock and roll band, met heavy metal, a lot lot more metal than rock and roll. Same thing, it didn't just louder. Anyway, uh, and then uh, five to six singers, including the two Americans, me and Jeff Tate. Uh, and actually another, uh, God, uh, Adrian Cowan is uh, one of the singers and she's an American as well, so three. Um, anyway, getting back to it, where, where am I on this thing? So Avantasia, I, I, I went all over the place can we, I don't really want to talk about Steve Brown and PJ Farley, but we're going to have to because I have to finish my- Get out of thought. there? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so me and Oliver are writing and I would love to write with Steve and PJ. I mean, they, look, we bust balls all day long. Nothing to do. You know, we, there's a, we have a text thread, uh, a couple other guys on it, Joey Casada. And Chris Jericho, sorry, I, I now I'm gonna have to pay him. Um, and uh, and we just bust balls all day long. You know, I don't think I think if we, when the borders start opening up and I start, you know, going on the world playing my shows again, range. there yeah. won't be there won't be going ding ding ding, dick jokes, kiss Van Halen, yeah, you know, memes and all kinds of crap. <laughs> but um, I I. I love the energy of those two guys. Steve, Steve and PJ have been my friends for a really, really long time. You know, I met Pete Lauren first, uh, lead singer from Trickster, and him and I were friends. And uh, he brought me to this is years ago. They were opening to Warrant, and I went to see him play. And it was like watching a teenage Van Halen on stage wearing this is <laughs> this is. <laughs> This is so funny, man. I'm paying homage to Trickster today. I'm wearing a plaid flannel. Shirt. Forget this bullshit. I'm taking this off. All right. So, uh, so uh, um, I went to see a play, and uh, uh, and then me and and you know Pete and I were still still really good friends, but somehow it just worked out where me and Steve and PJ started playing these side gigs together. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. And uh, and Joey Casada, uh, I don't know if you know him, but a great super. I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CO two and author, actor, um, uh, creator of this uh, this show that he's trying to get picked up right now, uh, called uh, Joey Licious. Uh, they're all really cool guys. And then you got High on the Hill, Chris Jericho, and uh, as, yeah. And actually, ironic, from this group thread that we have, um, PJ now plays bass. Uh, he's the touring bass player for Fozzie. So that kind of worked out. So he plays with Chris and 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 that quarantine thing that they That's got. A, is it Gig Pigs or something? I think they were. Something gig, like that. Oh, no, you're, you're, so you, you just outed it. 
You outed. No, he outed it. He, he's, he, if you were following my podcast, it was already outed on Friday. I already thought okay. the name was out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So gig pigs. I thought of this. He was threatening to record that too. That one. Um, I think Joey. Yeah, he wants, if I'm yeah, correct, so he's supposed to be over on Sunday. Right, yeah. That's what we call ourselves on the group thread. I thought of this name years ago, gig pigs. I don't even want to tell you where I thought of it a long time ago. But and then PJ would go, he went, hey, gig pigs. We had a call in our group thread. So. So that's it, gig pigs. I hope nobody gets offended, but I think it's hilarious. Gene Simmons probably copyrighted it, though, so you're probably going to get a call. You probably get one there are, no, it, Chris has already done it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I, yeah, I heard um, they're going to record. You guys like a vaudeville act. That's why it just be fun. It'd be interesting to see with Joey and you adding to their their metal to see what would create more of a, a different original piece. But you said it got, already got kind of a sound going on there. So yeah. that might be a little different live. It's like a ZO2 television show. On, on I do a live album then. Yeah. Live. It's well, no, you got to see it. You can't really, I mean, you got to see it. Maybe do a live thing, but uh, it's a lot of great music. I mean, C Brown is a great lead singer as well, mm-hmm. you know, as well as me, I'm saying <laughs> Uh, but every and PJ sings his ass off. He's got a new record out. Accent yep. change. Go and uh, check that out. It's good. I, uh, I promoted it already. Joey, and Joey sings too, dude. You know, so um, the four of us really have a, a good time. We just can't come up with a goddamn name. Can you know? Can, can I just say? I'm just gonna say that I'm gonna. You throw can say it if you want. Out. Somebody's gonna get in trouble, and it ain't, I don't give a shit if it's me. But um, uh, Pete. Uh, Pete Lauren, uh, oh God, I hope he doesn't get embarrassed. And I hope he says, I didn't, I never said that. Uh, somebody said it. Um, somebody reached out to, uh, uh, on the Trickster page and said, I, w- I would like to get Trickster back. And, and just on a side note, I'm a huge advocate of Trickster. I, I wanted Trickster back, you know, five years ago, I was going, God, let's get this band back together. There's so much fun. And then five years later, you know, it's, it's all this weird controversy and I don't, I'm starting to not give a shit, you know. Um, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I like their music. They were great live. Enough said. So anyway, um, so somebody reached out to uh, one of the guys on Trickster Page and said, why do, would I want to see Eric Martin uh, PJ Parley, Steve Brown, and some other guy, and you know, on drums or whatever. Uh, when I can see, when I, when I, I want Trickster back. I want the real thing. I want, I don't want this, you know, stunt, uh, stunt cock or whatever, right? And uh, <laughs> sorry, I uh, no, no, that's I would have used that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of mine. Uh, copyright stunt cock. Uh, and then, and then. Pete, I think it was Pete, said, yeah, it's like drinking, uh, you know, circus lemonade. And it was hilarious to me. So I, maybe one of those two knuckleheads got offended, but I thought it was brilliant. And I said, I think we should call the band Circus Lemonade because we are playing other, our band's music. Yeah. We're not, you know, it's not our band, really. We're just playing, we're playing homage to ourselves, you know. Circus Lemonade, man. I think it's great. And uh, yeah, those two other guys, you were like, no, they were not having it. And I go, what about knuckleheads? And they're like, no, we don't like that either. So now it's 
It's Eric Martin, the voice of Mr. Big, featuring members of Trickster, Steve Brown and PJ Farley. And, you know, and sometimes why is Joey Casada? So that's how, how would you we, fit that? Like, how do you fit that? Like on a board? You would actually need to do like. It's, it's just too big. It's ridiculous. You would need like two theaters to put on if you like continue it down the road at the next theater just to have all the, the lettering on that. That's insane. Oh my God. Can you see playing at uh, the Chance in Poughkeepsie? Fall, the letters will fall right off the marquee. I just stopped after like yeah, Brown, PJ. I'm like, I know who's there. It's, you know, just too much going on there. I know. I get the idea. So. Yeah. All right. So, I, hey, I'm, I'm glad it's, I'm glad I said it. It's out. You know, it's, I, yeah. <laughs> it's, first of all, I think it's hilarious. It's not controversy. And it's like, no. I'm not calling anybody names. You know, I, I love, I love all these people that I'm, I'm talking about and working with. It's just, uh, it's just hilarious. It's a fun name for a fun mix. Really humor. You can take the piss out of yourself. So it's fun. It makes it fun. It's, yes, that's Absolutely. It. Absolutely. Although when they take the piss out of me on the uh, gig pigs thread, I don't really like it. Anyway. <laughs> You have to work that with a therapist, and I guess I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, my therapist therapist is paid overtime. All right, here you're talking about your guitars. What do you got? So I, you're always playing acoustics. So I don't usually see you playing a lot of electric. Oh yeah, well I have a like I have Fender Tellys, or two of them, and then I have um, I have uh, oh god, I have a cursed Gibson. As is Gibson SJ. 200 is it, is it it's not 2200 uh sj 200 it's a big jumbo tobacco it's it's when it's when it's good it sounds uh sounds beautiful like, sounds like a you know, yeah. nice roaring fire i mean it's just it's like it's really just, warm and it's gonna be yeah. a heavy instrument right is it heavy the guest gz all that's yeah. heavy yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of heavy but it uh but it's cursed um, the pickups blown up a, a bunch of times. Uh, look, I'm not a bumpkin. I'm traveling. Uh, you know, I, I know to, uh, detune my guitar strings and definitely put, have a nice hard case when I travel. But for some reason, the neck's broken twice, uh, you know, baggage handlers, uh, you know, thrown that case, you know, like, Oh, what a nice case. Let's test it. Let's, Bring the gorilla in, you know, and and uh, yeah, it's cursed. I've taken on stage before and then missed sound checks. I got up on stage and, hey, everybody, thanks for waiting. Open the guitar case, pull it out, and like the neck's broken, a crack oh. in it where you can open it up, you know. Oh, That's a nightmare. That's going to be like the worst feeling. But it's it's at the shop right now my my good friend guitar uh repairman extraordinaire chris barnett is fixing it and uh and he, like he he goes what do you have for me to, today and i go the curse gives it. <laughs> sorry you know what all these dings and all that stuff i'm i don't know if yeah. you can hear that yeah uh i'm just waiting for my big break but no it's not it's the gig pigs sounding off again Yippity yappity yeah! Hey, <laughs> did you hear Kiss's uh, new? <laughs> yeah, so at Gibson, I got a couple Yamaha acoustic guitars. Uh, I have a Washburn. I have something called an Aspen, which is one of my first guitars I ever had. Actually, my first acoustic guitar was a K K A Y, and it's a classic oldie. 
and uh, it sounded like shit for so many years. And I, I, I sold it like, or gave it away. Oh, it's probably worth thousands now. Anyway, uh, a lot of the guitars, a um, couple of them I, I paid for and a couple I got for free from, from Billy, you know, Yamaha. I think I even have an Ibanez guitar in here too, you know. On the records, when the ones that I played on, um, it would say uh, Billy Sheehan uses Yamaha, Paul Gilbert would use Ibanez, Pat Torpy uses Tama drums, Eric Martin uses everybody else's stuff. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. I know. So I know you're a big jokester and stuff. What about pranks? Like, you ever do any pranks to the to, to Mr. Big or you got any good like? I'd imagine like you being on stage just 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 be on stage and like the bands could do solos and stuff. Like you go off, you come back with like a pipe and a book and a solo. I can just imagine doing some other kind of ball bus and stuff. There was, uh, I mean, there's a been a there's been a few. You know, when you travel with bands and you're on kind of lengthy tours, say maybe two months or three months or longer, at the end of uh, the run. Uh, both bands will attack each other in some comical way. Somebody will, right. some, there might be tears. Somebody might get their feelings hurt, but all in all, it's just, you know, it's a ritual. It's a humorous ritual. We did something like that with uh, years and years ago, Enough's Enough toured with us. And that was their, their first big tour. And uh, at the end of the, I, oh no, it was uh, Mr. Big, Enough's Enough, and a band from the East Coast, they were called Princess Pang. Heard of them? Yeah. I, don't know. I can't tell you a song, but I've heard of them. Yeah, I can't remember the songs either. Uh, uh, pretty blonde uh, singer, kind of rough, and yeah, they were, they were kind of cool. I, I like their music. Um, different from ours, which is good. So was Enough's Enough, more Beatlesque and maybe indirectly Paul Gilbert was influenced by that and maybe wrote green tinted sixties mind. From right. that, you know what I mean? So, um, but we're on stage and I, I, rem- I totally remember the place. It was at toad's place. Was New Haven. Connecticut, right? New Haven, New Haven, New Haven, right. It's still and, around. I'm sorry. It's still around. So it'll be waiting for toad's you to come place? back to your show. Bullshit. Yeah. Toad's place. Yeah. Still toad's place is still around. Yeah. Oh, well, then good. Well, I'm still immortalized on their T-shirt. They, had a t- they used to have a T-shirt with all the bands that played there. And yeah. right in the middle was Mr. Big. This big. Anyway, uh, so, we, so we're playing the show. And the last last song, uh, Princess, Princess Pang is playing first. And their last song, oh, God. I'm going to get in so much. I know I'm not going to get in trouble because maybe somebody saw this. But this is ba- this is before video cameras. So um, Paul thought it would be a good idea to, um, to go out into the, after their end, their last song in sort of a, I don't, I don't, a long, like sort of night shirt and like a little night hat, kind of very Scrooge or right. all that wee willy winky for those who are like over 50. Um, and, you know, and like a little pajama outfit, right? Yeah. You know, one, yeah, like like a, like a like a man dress, that weird. Yeah, and he had a candle. A candle. I thought I was imagining a candle when you said that. Totally. Yeah, right. And he's barefooted, right? And he just comes out, and it like he just woke up. He's like, and the crowd's <laughs> laughing at Princess Pang, you know, and they're like loving that it's Paul Gilbert, all six four of them, you know. 
And uh, he comes out, he goes, ah. and this, this girl, oh, I, I wish I remember her name. Uh, God, it'd be great to see some comments on this, but if anybody was there, uh, I want to say that she, maybe she's five. Uh, she she came, kind of came up to his, like, his stomach, you know? Yeah. But she comes up to him and she's kind of laughing and kind of being all tough, blows out the candle, picks up the nightshirt, picks it up over his head oh. as a knot, right? Oh. Yeah, dude. And he, and this is the days of like, it wasn't the cool, you know, guys wearing the athletic sort of black underwear, man. This is tidy whities days, man. And Paul's wearing his tidy whities and he's run, he's like, oh, oh, man, man. and we're laughing on the sides of the stage. We're just fucking laughing our ass off. But then we were like, oh, okay, enough's enough, you know, not enough. Oh, that was our planned words. Enough of this. So we we come out, we we save our boy, but oh my God, you know, I how many people does Toad's place hold? Six hundred, maybe, maybe if that. Yeah, if that. Or like uh, five hundred people watching, you know, six four Godzilla Mar- uh, Paul Gilbert with his tidy whities and wee willy winky fucking nice shirt over his oh. head. Oh dude, poor guy. But hey, it's you know, you got he 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 was dishing. Dishing it, and he 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 put it out there, and he got it back. So and then, and then enough's enough played, and then we turn all the lights off, and we had like flour and socks, and we're like beating be, beating them silly, and then the lights come up, and they're covered with flour, you know. <laughs> and then uh, they did something to us, uh, and I think they did something to us. Um, maybe the the show before that maybe i think it was at the bayou that's not around anymore it was in washington dc i think it was on my birthday and uh they gave me a oh did they give me a guitar first i don't know what it was but i'm singing and they all came out and whipped cream the, the hell out of me so you know we're playing our last song probably at the time was i'm assuming addicted at rush and we're playing addicted at rush and I'm covered in whipped cream. You know? Anyway. Yeah. Shit like that. But the princess pang story, I don't think I've, I think I've just told that to friends. I don't know if that's out. So there you have it. There you go. That's a, that's, that's a that's scoop. Great. Look, man. It, that's actually funnier than, than Paul always getting his hair caught in the drill. And, you oh. know. Yeah, if, if you're if you're a fan of uh, Paul Gilbert's or Mr. Big, I mean, you've heard that story a million times, but yeah. But the best story of that was, okay, so he gets his hair caught in his drill, you know, it was inevitable, it was bound to happen. But right. the following year uh, in, in Atlanta, we're playing a nightclub and Paul got this wig and put the wig on and he was purposely going to, put the uh, the drill, you know, glued the guitar picks on a drill, blah, blah, blah. And he was going to stick it in and then lift it up and go, do, 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 drill, drill, drill with the wig. And there was going to be a joke. He planned it. And so we play our song. He sticks the uh, drill in his, in his wig and he gets stuck in the wig and his hair. Again, total spinal tap. Well, spinal tap is <laughs> And it's like, oh, stop the show, you know. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, he said I mean, some... me, nothing ever really bad happened to me that I can remember. I have fallen off 
you know, I always used to do this. Why did I, why do singers jump up on the riser and we play with the drummers, cymbals? I mean, you know, Pat would go, it's, you know, that, what do they call that? You know, when you're playing the drums, you go. Oh, like the, yeah, the hi-hat thing there when they do the snare. Not a hi-hat, but you close the cymbal off, you know, that sound, you know, every, every cool band does it. Anyway, I'd stand up there. I'd jump up on the, the riser and grab the cymbals right, right at the same time, right? God damn it. Now it's Chris Jericho. Ooh, I want to write. And if I wrote these guys, I'd go, hey, guys, dude, I'm doing a, I'm doing, you know, podcast here, man. Please give, give me a little break. It would be like ding, 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 do this and Pat thought it was funny in the beginning but his drum tech and uh you know there there were many but uh like the, uh, this guy um Ange Ange Dunleavy uh would go dude I, I polish these cymbals all freaking day long and I take care of my boy's drum set and you're grabbing these cymbals not cool you know so but, but th- that's not part of the story the story is me jumping up on these risers and the risers started getting higher and higher I, and then I'm getting older and older and my legs, <laughs> you know, I'm not hoppity hoover anymore, you know, so I'm jumping up on these risers, missing them, falling off of them. And I kept doing it like they kept doing it. Good. Oh, man, I, I have sprained wrists and, and knee and twist kneecaps. And yeah, so that's my stupid, uh, that's not really a prank, it's a prank of myself. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's but the, the the Paul one is pretty good. Though. That was a, that's pretty Paul's funny. Best, that's one of the best stories. I mean, this wasn't a prank, and Billy's. I I think he kind of knows this, but we're playing at Budokan, and we're doing an encore, and I I was also notorious. I I got beat down so many times by Pat. Don't spit water up in the air, but it looks cool with the lights. Yeah, but it gets all over my drums, you know spit it somewhere else i used to do that all the time you know back in the day a lot of singers did i guess stupid singers from the 70s and 80s anyway uh and i took a drink of beer and i spit it up in the air and it didn't land in pat's drums he kind of going good one but it landed on stage and billy runs out for the encore and goes and he's wearing like this little Japanese, he, it was kind of cool. He was wearing a Japanese schoolboy outfit and fans are going, yay, that's so cool. But then he goes, like, you know, like a Dick Van Dyke show. If you, any of you guys were over 50 or in, in your fifties uh, and he slips and he, and he falls on his back on the oh. stage and the crowd hushes. And then Billy starts laughing. I was right there, right there. I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm like, yeah. <laughs> God, I was so frightened. Oh my God, I, I was gonna totally get my ass kicked on that one. And if he doesn't know it, I'm sorry, I wasn't out there to hurt you. Anyway, but the, but again, let's go back to Paul. That was uh, that was the best story. Uh, Paul was probably that 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 is a good one though. That is really funny. Look at, I was, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. How well somebody asked me what was it like to tour with Rush. And I really had a, I had a great time, but not in the beginning. In the beginning, it was really rough because uh, most of the people that stayed for us, I mean, you know, that 
an opening act for Rush, man, that's, uh, hey, anybody want a beer? You know, that's, that's you got to go out. But they started, they stayed with us, but nobody paid attention to me. They were looking at Paul. They were right. taking pictures of his pedals. You know, they were, uh, they were checking out Billy and, you know, his tone and finesse and sound and Pat Torpy, you know, they were going like, move a little to the side, you know, to <laughs> that. and um, yeah, I'm not really, I can't really talk to you about gear and cool stuff like that, but no, I don't it, usually go that deep. Eventually uh, we started get, getting over with the rush thing. I'll just throw that out there. And I think that's because of uh, Getty and Alex talking about us in interviews, man, this band, these four guys are killer bands. So you gotta, gotta hold off and, you know, come, come to the venue early, get your beers and your posters and, and you're, you're, you know, chatting with your friends and come out and see the opening act. So that, that helped us. I, I remember hearing about it. Like in the first thing was like, you know, with, with, with my group of friends, cause we also like Mr. Big and, and, and Rush. So it's like, it was a great deal. It was a great package. You know, a lot of us felt that. It was great. I mean, it was a good package. You, you know, it was, it, it, it was such a great package to even the, to them because we did back-to-back tours. We did Presto. I mean, like not all of it, but a good couple months of it. But uh, Presto, Eric Johnson was on it. I think Primus was on it as well in different parts of the uh, of the US. So they wanted no women to show up on that tour, did they? I'm sorry? <laughs> so they wanted no women to show up on that tour, huh? Uh, it wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't until we got in, involved. Right. There was, it was all dudes and, you know. And like five women. Yeah, and five women, but like, man to be with you came out around that same oh. time. And we had other songs as well on that lean into it album. And yeah, that's Getty and Alex. I remember this telling us, thank God that you brought, we got Mr. Big on tour. So we got like a mixed crowd, you know, we got, uh, we got boys and girls, but we were asked to get on the roll the bones tour as well. So lucky. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That was you're leaning to, I, I, you know, you're obviously uh, your big hit single, but just take my heart. That's a good song. That song, I'm going to be honest with you, at least two or three times a year, gets stuck in my head for like two or three days. I don't know yeah. how to get rid of it. I mean, I'm really, come on, I'm really. It, and it's, it's one of the consistent ones that always gets like, I hear it once and I'm like, it's like, I can hear your voice saying the chorus over and over in my head, like all day long. Good. I know that. It worked. You know, you know that there's some, somebody said that to me the other day about, you know, to be with you or just take my heart was such a huge song and you heard it on the radio all the time, but those are the kind of songs you love to hate. You know, like I, Huey Lewis and the news grew up. Uh, they, they, they started out in my hometown, like Marin yeah. County and they were our band. And we, I listened to, I want a new drug and harder yeah. rock and roll way before it was on. This the is it. And it was our tune. And then it was on the radio a little bit. I was like, yeah, fantastic. Then all of a sudden, gun gun. How to rock and roll? Like God, I fucking hate that song. It was like to be with you. Not, and no offense, Huey and and the guys. I still love that. I I love the stuff. But you know what I mean? It was just it was on so much. But too much. Yeah, just take my heart. So, uh, around uh, so the first album, just Mr. Big, but around 1991. I met this guy, Andre Pessis, who's a songwriter. And I met him actually through Jonathan Kane, uh, the oh, journey. 
Okay. Hold on, this might be my big break. Nope, PJ Farley. Pfft, I spit on you. All right, so <laughs> I spit on your grave. Uh, so uh, uh, Jonathan Kane from Journey and I wrote a song called How Can You Do What You Do on the first Mr. Big album. He was a friend of mine from a long time ago. So, uh, mm, uh, so, uh, so what are we talking about? So through, Jonathan, through Jonathan, I met Andre Pessis and Andre and I started writing songs together. And I want to say like, around that time that maybe the three or four months in a meeting Andre we wrote uh, just take my heart I wrote on the piano and um, and Paul was so good at that you know I wrote a lot of songs on piano and then I'd give it to Paul and he would transcribe it is that the right word transcribe it yeah. transpose it whatever uh, into uh, to guitar and uh, yeah that like it, you know he, he I love what he did with, um, we used to do Bob O'Reilly live mm -hmm. and he, he played that whole do -do 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 yeah. and all the cool sounds and everything. I'm so sorry about these dings, man. These uh, gig <laughs> the dings, dings are from the boys. That's all right. So I, they always say, well, just turn it off. They're going to call me like a complete idiot. Just turn yeah. it off. I don't know how to turn it off. I'm not really tech. You sons of bitches. Okay. Well, you know, so oh, yeah. that actually was great. Yeah. What do yeah. you do? So I have it on my cell phone. I'm gonna ask you a tech question. I have it on my cell phone, and then I have it on my my computer. How do you? If you turn it off on your cell phone, does it still ding on the computer? Of course it does. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm damned if. Yeah. If you turn off one part of the audio, unless they're playing around, that you might turn off yourself. We'll, we'll survive. It's the worst thing. It's 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 the internet. What are you gonna do? There are twenty. You know what? Jackass. Don't they have albums to make or something? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't PJ? All of them are supposed to be working on albums or something. So they got. Oh, they're pissing me off right now. They're talking about me. They? We're doing this to piss off E. My nickname is E. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sons of bitches. All right. No offense <laughs> to their mothers. Just a saying. Okay. Go. I actually think. Uh... Um, to be with you is, is actually that's that's one of the few songs I didn't really get sick of. I, I probably got all this on a rock a radio. I get sick of because I know it'll wear it out, so I didn't get burned out on it. Huh? But I did notice when you guys, I was going to ask you. So when the, you did the video, did, uh, just take my heart. It was more on black and white. It was kind of ballady, but I felt like you kind of had this like. Usually you're a jokester. You look very serious in that video. Like I felt like you were trying to like go for like a tougher. I don't know what it was. Are you just, like, you're just pissed or something about that look in your eyes? In that uh, no, no. I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was it was like five below zero and it was in an old uh, church in Chicago we were on the road and it was an old bombed out burned out church with no roof it was and it was snowing and they had they had umbrellas they were they, well they didn't you know you know like a, like in a photo shoot or something that you see and they have the lights and they have mm -hmm. this umbrella yeah. kind of thing they were using that as well for the light and also to keep the snow off of us. It was freezing cold. And I'm like, you know, the MTV generation, we were, yeah. we're musicians, we're not actors. And so like a lot of this, you know, <laughs> bullshit, you know, like, oh my God, it's so hilarious. So we're acting, but I was 
freezing my ass off. There's something and, about their look. It just felt like all your looks, because you're, 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 you're always so different in your videos. That one, you did. You look like either tired oh, or, or angry, I, or it was just like well, you're trying to be tougher. I don't know. I had this leather jacket, a, kind of a bigger leather jacket on, I think, that was kind of a Guido leather jacket. And it was my dad's that he gave me. And it, all the stuffings out of it, and it was all thin, and it looked kind of cool when you're walking around the nightclub. Yeah. Looking, you know, looking for chicks. Anyway. Uh, what was that, France in the 1930s? <laughs> what was that? My sisters, my sisters <laughs> used to do this. I, uh, my sisters are going to freaking kill me. I used to play these clubs in Sacramento, California, another place where I grew up. And I used to play these clubs and I used to see my sisters walk into the club with their like Virginia Slims cigarette <laughs> and go, looking for men, men. That's what I was, th- I would say to myself. Right. And uh, it was totally like, yeah, kind of a 1930s thing. I, I'm so weird that I turned that around and made it about me, but uh, I have, I'm crying right now. And I, I would see Joni and Lori like coming to the club and I go, Hey, Eric, your sister's here. And I'm like, Shh. <laughs> I go, Oh my God. They come in. <laughs> right. And then <laughs> looking for men, looking for men. For men. Anyway, <laughs> so me, me in this leather jacket, <laughs> looking for chicks, but for it was men. so thin and I was freezing my balls off and, uh, or my ass off. I don't know what you can say. You can edit balls. I don't edit. And, uh, Too lazy. And that's the intense look in the Just Take My Heart. That's what it was? Yeah. Like, I don't remember. It the, was that. The costume then, details. There, a, the look in your eyes was just so different. Oh, dude, I was... Yeah. I wasn't acting. I was freezing. That night, actually, right after the video, we thawed out and we went to see Tesla play live. It was in Chicago. <laughs> we were on the road. I totally... I remember the whole freaking thing, you know? And to be with you, there was some comical moments. I mean, there was some, you know, my night, there was a lot of that, you know, you know, it was like, oh, you know, this, but there was a, I pulled a Marx Brothers move in it that I still, fans come up to me all the time and go, there was two of them. It was like, what, me? It was like, oh, yeah. But there was this one where I held up my hand and I go like that. Yep. And uh, everybody thought that was, you know, super funny for for a few years, but yeah, I stole that right from the Marx Brothers. Marx Brothers. Um, and there were other vi- and my, and then the other videos. There was Alive and Kicking was live and comical. Green Tinted Sixties Mine was, super, you know, I don't know, trying to be sexy and I was gonna say sexy, yeah. That. Um, and then. There was there was a bunch there was a lot of yeah, you had a lot but of the of the one that was the one you always had, you always had a, you always had a little twinkle a little mischievous look in your eyes that was the one you were like dead to the world it was just and, oh in my well, opinion that that's what I'm saying that was the one I noticed well just to and now I know why just to reiterate and reiterate again that used to be kind of like that used to be kind of a weird joke I, I'm not getting it right but like if somebody would say in our band or we'd hear the word you know like Oh well, to reiterate, to reiterate, and they go, "Oh, you mean like say it again?" And they go, <laughs> uh, "Yeah." <laughs> anyway, um, I was freezing. I was so fucking cold, and I was tired. 
we've been on the road for a really long time and uh, pushing, you know, to not, yeah, I mean, to be with you, I think, yeah. you know, once you get a hit, it's all, it's all great. Uh, it's all fun and games. 15 and countries, right? Work your ass off. And it, it was, it was good. To, it was fun to do that, but man, it kept us on the road. That's what we wanted. You know, I, I complained a little bit. I was singer, but uh, yeah, I was just burnt. And uh, it was a day off and it was nighttime, winter time, Chicago, Illinois. Now I'm glad I have, I thank you. Cause I got that story. Cause now when I get that, the song stuck in my head, like two or three times a year, when I hear, when I hear, I'll be like, uh-huh. maybe it'll help work itself out. So I have the song stuck in my head for days. Well, Not a bad song, but just, you know what I'm saying? You get a song stuck in your head all day long. Yeah. I'm, that's the one from you guys that gets them in my head. That's, I, that's I'm the, say, I'm, yeah, I don't, there, there was another one. Um, as a songwriter would say like a formulaic kind of song that was a little formula just take my heart it was a great song and lyrically i mean it was, it's a true story you know totally lying in bed one of the last nights me and my wife being together uh our whole house full of uh, mayflower moving boxes this is our you know why we didn't sleep in separate rooms. Maybe we didn't have separate rooms. I don't know, but yeah, that was, it was a true story. Um, but all right. <laughs> now we're bringing it. Now we're all sad. Let's bring it oh, back. Up, shall we? Oh, out, we, haven't, we haven't had a gig pig ding in a long time. <sighs> Maybe somebody's battery died on their thing. Yeah, I hope so. Right. So the other, uh, uh, we, Wild World. I'm not going to go to all your albums. I love the song, and you guys do actually, I like it. You actually do. I think I like your version better. I was surprised to hear that on there because I'm like, I felt like you had more material. Oh, we did. That was on Bump Ahead, I think. So, yeah, we had, I thought, we all thought we had a great record. Am I shouting? Sorry. Um, no, me not when people do that to me, I'm like, what? Calling all ships ashore. You know, bring it, bring it down. Um, This is how much copy right here. Um, When uh, the bump ahead, when we finished the bump ahead record, we all thought we had uh, the nucleus of just a really cool record. But so what happens when you have a gigantic hit on your uh, your 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 lean into it record, your, your previous record, fifteen countries number one, and uh, the record company is like, ding! Oh man, give me the next to be with you. And we were hoping. I mean, look, it's the, it's the nature of the game, and. Uh, they asked us to do uh, another song. They didn't really suggest, there was no suggestions. They just said, give me another to be with you. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I don't want to, I can't write another to be with you. I, I, I mean, I just, I didn't want to, I, I just didn't feel right doing that. Um, Paul actually wrote a song too. It was called Seven Impossible Days. I don't know if that's on the record or, or B-side or I don't remember. And it was the seven impossible days trying to come up with another song because they gave us a week yeah. or they weren't going to release it. And uh, 
And I, I don't remember, you know, I think it was one of these things. Oh God, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna look like an idiot, but. But anyway, you know, uh, the little run for Wild World, uh, Paul was like, hey, what, what's this? Is this Cat Stevens? And me and uh, Pat and Billy, you know, the old guys, we go, yeah, <laughs> Wild World. And they go, let's do that. Like, and I, I always loved that song when I was, when I, was right. I mean, yeah, I was huge fan when I was a, when I was a boy. You know, where, I, where, I, where I worked at the time, they played like, like, like Star of 104. It was like a soft rock stuff, right? Yeah. So to me, I was like, oh, I'm surprised you're doing that song. But I did kind of win because I got to hear Mr. Big at work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like the gateway drug. Like you could hear that. That was played on the radio station. You hear that. And you're there, you know, the two songs. I'm like, well, at least I'm hearing something. So it, it wasn't earth shattering. I was like, I just surprised at the time of like, of, of your material. But it worked. Yeah. It was a hit. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, when, when we first did it, I'm sure a couple of the guys, I'm sure Billy was like, whatever, right? I don't think he cared for it or ca- I'm sure he likes it now. Um, but I don't think he cared for it. I don't think Pat cared for it. Uh, Paul definitely didn't want to do something else. Yeah. And I really, and I was a team player. I didn't want to do anything else either, but I always loved Cat Stevens. I'm a huge cat, uh, folky back in the seventies. And, uh, I go, yeah, let's do Wild World. And I thought it was good. I'm glad that we didn't do it like A to B with you, make it, you know, like Cap- Cat Stevens version. I think the the drum sound in there is maybe him beating it with beating his foot against a suitcase. You know what I mean? It has that. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And, it, and it's really really cool. And it would have been would have been fun to do that, but we'd already done something like that. And to be with you, so how when the band turned it around and made it kind of a, you know, power ballad rock song, uh, it took on a whole new life, and it was a lot a, a lot of fun to play and a lot of fun to sing. And it showcased again, you know, our harmonies. Mm-hmm. It was very, it was, it was like a kind of the next to be with you. It's, it's a cool song to do a cover of too. If you're going to be yeah. doing covers of songs, it, I mean, it who's going to knock Cat Stevens? I mean, I'm sorry. I said, who's going to knock Cat Stevens? So if you do a cover song, but, you know, don't be firing shots. At- but it could have been like, you know, peace train. <laughs> oh. could, no, or it could have been like, can you imagine, you know, if we were brought into Atlantic Records? Oh, or at Paul Gilbert, who was who wrote the tongue in cheek songs, uh, Seven Impossible Days, goes, We're gonna do morning is broken. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thank God uh, we uh we played it straight, you know. Well, all your cover songs is broken. Yeah. You you've done even your original stuff and you I was giving you a hard time earlier about being Mr. Rock vocal Mr. Vocalist and you got promoted to Mr. Rock Vocalist. But all your covers that you did, you know, if people don't know, you did a bunch of songs for Japan label. All those so, songs that you, you put your own your own um, twist on, so you didn't do everything verbatim, which is nice. So that kind of carries over in all your music. You don't do exact d- copies of stuff. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. Yes. I no. don't hear that. At least I don't hear that. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, you are the singer. I'm just a guy with an opinion. No, well, I I don't. I want to do my own spin. I mean, like I I. I well, people ask me all the time to do uh, like a tribute records and sing like mm-hmm. stuff. And I, man, I can't sound like, oh my God, I got so much shit for doing. Um, there was a tribute record to Rush 
and I did, uh, I, I love this one song, it's called The Mission. Mm-hmm. I, I, God, don't, is it on Signals? I mean, I could I, be, I, I, I don't, I couldn't talk about it. Yeah, I could be wrong. I'm, I, Rush fans. Um, but uh, this guy, Robert Berry and myself, and we had this fantastic drummer, I can't remember his name, I never met him. And the Robert Berry played all the music on it, but I did the mission, but I did it like, you know, I Martinized it. Yeah. The You know, and and I did my thing and I, I got so much shit for it because I didn't sound like Getty. And um, so I did my own thing, but even though uh, we, we did Humble Pie's 30 Days in the Hole, and and Billy Pat and Paul changed it and they made it their right. own. And, but I, I was definitely trying to emulate, um, you know, the the God. So uh, what are you going to do? What are you well, going to do? I heard your version. I like your version. I think you know, there's a lot of Rush tributes. I think the only person that can, that was close to doing Getty's voice, I think, I think Sebastian Bach did it one time because he hit the high voice. I think one time he hit, he kind of tried to emulate it a little bit, do oh. a copy of, of Sebastian Bach, I think, did a cover of, of, of doing a Getty song. I think he got his voice up there, like yeah. almost like, I, I think, but like anybody else doing it, you shouldn't do it. It just doesn't sound right. It doesn't. Well, when I did 30 Days in the Hole, I mean, I thought I could sing. I I had some super ass high notes back in, you know, the 90s, but, you know, Steve Marriott, I mean, I, I couldn't yeah. hit it. So I did my own thing too. Yeah. I only have a couple of questions. That's actually the one I'm with. Singing well, high. That, that is that. That's what it is with me. You see, well, even if you have twelve questions or three questions, you're just going to ask me one question. I'm just going to answer everything. I, I actually, I had no questions. I actually misdialed you. I was trying to call my parents on Skype. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, actually, this is, this is. I don't have a. I'm not a formula person. So, but with vocals, I always realize that singers start singing different, higher when they're younger. And then as they get older, they change a little bit and their voices change. You, you, I mean, your voice changes a lot. Obviously, most people's voices change as you get older, except, except for Sammy Hagar. But everyone else's voice seems like it's changed. Sammy, I, I agree with you on that. Sammy Hagar still sounds, he can still it's, do. I, it's getting stronger, I think. It's like rope. It's just, oh. Yeah. Right? I don't sound, um, I mean, I don't think, I, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't be, I'm not uh, lean into it, Eric Martin, anymore. No. I am at, uh, I mean, you know, to be with you and, and just take my heart, but there was a song that was called uh, Lucky This Time. And it, it, yep. it's, a, it's a fantastic right. vocal and people love that, that song, but oh God, no. I, even if you tuned down a half step, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do it without pain. You know, I've tried. I actually on this, um, on this live box set that Mr. Big has out right now, it's nine concerts from 2017. And on three of the three, four of the shows, there's a medley. And we did, uh, we hadn't done it in a long time. We did Lucky This Time, Never Say Never, which is on the Lean Into It album. Yeah. Well, another freaking high ass song. I mean, I wrote it with Jim Valance, uh, Brian Adams, you know, yeah. guy. And at the time when I wrote it, you know, I could, I, my balls didn't drop till I was 40 anyway. So I, I could do it, you know? And uh, when I did the, this medley in 2017, I mean, I didn't do too bad on, on these, on this box set that I heard recently. 
because it's a bootleg monitor mix. It sounds pretty good, but it's 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 freaking live and raw and raw rhymes with flaw. You know, there's some there's some gunk on it, but uh, I pulled it off. But there's some pain involved doing those kind of songs anymore. And I've definitely um, my voice is altered. You know, that's what happens when you get older. But in Sammy Hager's case, Glenn Hughes is another one who just like right. what? Yeah, I mean, there's a few of them out there. I mean, Sebastian Bach can still freaking hit it. Uh, Tony Harnell. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I there is. I think it's just me. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know if I, I haven't really seen Sebastian. I just talk about, I know he did a Rush cover a long time back. I just remember him doing that, his voice. I just remember him being like, suck out because of his his scream, doing a Getty, got an old song, and it just happened to stick out. It's whatever. But, but that's what it is. Look, if you're going to, like, I can't stand, if you're going to do a cover, I can't, I can't stand covering it exactly like it is. You know, it just, yeah. what's the point of that? That's like blasphemy to me. You got to alter it. I had a couple cups of coffee, as you just saw. And now I'm getting like, yes. I'm sitting on a soapbox. <laughs> is that what it is? So you're, I can yeah. see eye to eye now. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. The only time you do a song right. note by note is when you want to re-release and the record company won't do it and you want to get paid for it. So then you do it. Then you re-release your own songs note by note to beat the record company. That's when you do the note by note. Yeah, people do that. <laughs> yeah, they do. You do that. How do I don't know how that's worked out publishing wise and marketed and yeah. I don't know how that's worked out. We did turn. a uh, oh my god, this this was kind of a tough right after our um stories we could tell album. Yep. I, I, lo- I love that record, I really do. And that was right, uh, me and Pat Torpy, it was right when Pat Torpy told me that he had Parkinson's and him and I were working together big time, diligently on this record. Pat Torpy, me and our producer, Pat Regan. Regan, Regan, he knows. And <laughs> we, we, we worked really hard on that record with material that Billy and Paul had written as well. So, uh, after the stories we could tell album that we, you know, we finished it, took a long, took a while, uh, and we were all burnt out. Everybody went to their different corners, and the uh, our Japanese uh, record company said, "Hey, I got a great idea. Let's re-record your hits." I'm, okay, this is I don't know why I keep doing this, but because it's almost Easter, that's why I'm doing that. Anyway, so re-record your hits for a karaoke. Uh, karaoke thing for Japan. For like, Japan. Uh, what, 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 like real key, you know, like, cause you know, we started to it, lean into it was done. I have some of the stuff was a half step down or was it, wasn't it? No stories we could tell was, I finally talked, told the guys, I go, Man, can we half step down some of this, some of these songs? And I even wrote it a half step down too. Cause I couldn't, you know, I want to, I want to sound great. You know, it seems like I'm breaking the code when you tell that audiences well, aren't stupid. Everybody knows that. It's either you're, you're turning down. Yeah, they, right. you turn down a half step, whatever. Uh, there's no secret there. No, there's no secret there. I mean, who are we fooling here? I mean, they're listening in their car to drive into the concert, listening to fucking all this, you know, great rock and roll music. Even, okay, talking about Mr. Big, you know, listening to you know, lucky this time, but but then they get, and then they go see it and it's a half step down. They're not going, oh bummer. I mean, maybe they did once, but like, 
it's it's the natural thing now. So anyway, so we recorded it, re-recorded to be with you. Green Tinted 60s Mind, Addicted to That Rush. Um, I think Big Love, uh, maybe uh, Take Cover, a song that was on, Take Cover, what album was that on? I can't remember. <laughs> I, can't. I don't know. <laughs> Get it was like a couple it was a couple in it was like i don't know it was a great uh hey, hey man it was on hey man hey man another great album cover fantastic yeah. album cover so anyway uh we re-recorded these songs in the in those keys in those 1992 keys uh for this karaoke thing and oh man that was a bitch to sing you know you know, in full voice to be with you and um and and all the all these songs and but it was such a and it was really hard work for me because when the band was done with their their tracks on stories we could tell, right. I had to sing all this stuff and it took me, you know, a week or two, maybe a week, to do all these songs. And then the karaoke thing came the next day and we and they all revisited their parts again but it was really i i have it and i i i think maybe after this little chat that we're doing i want to listen to it again because it was us in the room singing to be with you harmonies and we hadn't done that since 1992 and that was that was uh that was just a surreal moment because you know it and to be with you it's just it's just a beautiful thing Anyway, yeah, and and that so the karaoke thing is out there. It's not going to be released as a record, but yeah, is, is it out there? Is it out there somewhere? It's out there somewhere? somewhere in karaoke land, you know. I'm guy, I gotta be curious. I mean, yeah. you've been. I mean, Japan's been pretty good to you, so you but, have a lot but, of material out there. Out, but check this out, and Pat's playing on it, so you know. Yeah, it was great. It's it's pretty special. Yeah. So, so this box that you said has nine concerts on it. So add that to your four other live shows that Japan has of you. It's a lot of live material of you guys out there. I thought, I thought there was more. I'm just joking. I know there's at least four like official. There's probably like yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of raw there's a bunch of raw like sushis and there's a live at Warfield. There's a yeah. I mean, I think there's eight. I mean, I don't know, but um, but there's all kinds of uh, little bonus live stuff. But yeah, this is a lot. This is. Um, so our, our live tour that we did in 2017, that was when Pat was, you know, he was playing drums with us on half the songs for a long time. And we got Matt Starr. I'm sure he doesn't like to be called sub drummer, but he was a sub drummer, right? And then when um, Pat just couldn't play anymore and he, and he played Just Take My Heart on drums and Matt, uh, pretty much did the whole uh the whole gig our setup was you know billy paul matt and then there was a cocktail kit on the side and it was a a bass drum snare and some percussion instruments that pat had so it was like two drums on stage you know and he sang and it was uh yeah nine concerts 2017 it was our last shows with pat and uh there's a lot of good stuff on it a lot of repetition, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe a fan would go, "Ooh, 
you know, oh, Paul played a different kind of thing here, or and all the solos are different. That's, that's like Grateful Dead fish type of stuff when they go each song just a little bit totally different. That's when people get right. real deep. Yeah, because I, I mean, I just don't know. I, I, you know, I played in a band for thirty years with these guys, and uh, you know, I mean, I I stayed for some of the solos, but you know, a lot of times I'd go run backstage and go to the bathroom or run behind Billy's amp, which was called Billy's Cafe and had a couple glasses, a couple glasses of wine back there, you know, <laughs> and didn't really pay attention until listening to some of these live records. And they are different. But, you, you know, I mean, I'm a fan of my bands, but a, a real Mr. Big fan would go, oh, he did something different here. And and some and there's something for everybody in every in all different songs, but the medley kind of floats my boat. I love that. I love that part. And uh, but you know, you know, you hear the same banter. <laughs> hey, you know, the same <laughs> this you know, feel. Yeah, I can almost feel it's it's audio, but I'm like, I know I wore the same thing nine times. You know, um, <laughs> you can hear your fail shirt. Yeah. Um, but. But it, you know, it's a uh, it captures uh, the moment the, the original Mr. Big together. Yeah, you know? that's pretty awesome. So I think so. You, you told me you're getting ready to do something now, so you're getting. So actually, it looks like you're getting ready to play out with um, those knuckleheads who actually stopped calling you all of a sudden. Your <laughs> words, I uh, um, Steve yeah. Brown's words. I got First a all, video of him. I thought Eric Martin band was suffice. I thought it was great. Always complaining from the crap <laughs> from the peanut gallery. Uh, but yeah, we're we are about ready to go out. Um, with s- some gigs are with Steve Brown and uh, PJ and Joey Casada, but there the majority of them is me, P- me playing acoustic, PJ on electric bass, and um, and Ben Hands. H-A-N-S, Ben Hans, he's a percussion player and a drummer that has his own thing, jazz thing, but he, he, he's a percussion player for Kip Winger. Okay. We played a show in, uh, I won't, there was a few of them, but we played this one in Kentucky. And I, instead of like John backstage while the bands are on, I'm out there watching Kip Winger and Kip is, oh my God, Kip solo is just great oh my god it's so i mean from that kentucky show i went out and yeah. bought you know kip winger's solo records and just and was an instant fan again but ben hands playing with kip and uh I, we were playing this ironically playing this gig that i'm actually playing in 12 days uh in richmond indiana called the firehouse and me and kip were supposed to do that show together but kip got a sore throat at the end of the Kentucky show. And I go, oh shoot, I really was looking forward to playing together. And he goes, yeah. hey, you know, I can't do it, but Ben would like to come in and play with you. And I'm like, ah, percussion, that would be awesome. So Ben drove all the way from uh, Kentucky to Indiana with him and his wife, Don, And they joined me and PJ. And now it's a thing. I wonder if Kip uh, is thinking back. What if he's going, you know, I want to play some solo shows. Ben, are you available? No, I got Eric Martin shows. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? So, um, yeah, so me, 
PJ and Ben are playing uh, uh, maybe 15, 16 shows, but they're COVID comfortable shows. I just totally want people to, to be aware of that. You sit, it, it is, sit, here I go again. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, the, yeah. You know what it's almost like, man? The Rush Presto tour when the two bunnies were. Oh, the two rabbits? Anyway. Uh, it almost come full circle. It is full circle with you. Everything is full circle with you. Is I is I Kevin Bacon the whole fucking thing, so um, uh, except like the amount of coffee I'm drinking, and I'm all pumped. It also takes some of the brain cells away from me. So yeah, we are playing a bunch of shows, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. The COVID comfortable thing that I was talking about was uh, it's it's still masks uh, and tables and stuff like that. Even some of these promoters, they don't want to do it like this. But I go, you got a barricade? You know, I'm like, dude, you're playing acoustic show, tables and chairs. I'm like, no, I want like a Iron Maiden barricade. Oh, like on the ground? Well, what about I, one of those salad splash guards instead? You know, nah, it is like, that's not, no, nah, that's not cool. <laughs> That'd be funny. Although I was saying, um, you know, you do a meet and greet at the end. Uh, some of these things and i'm like no no I, I call it a meet and die um that's a little joke there when it's planned it doesn't sound cool when it's off the cuff it's cooler um but some of these places are opening up and and they're taking temperatures at the door it is what it is man you want to see a rock show you got your shots yet i'm, I'm you yeah got the shots yet? i got the one and done i got the johnson and johnson one and done i'm and I Isn't that did, the one that's only like 60% good? It's good. And it's supposedly, um, I mean, I did it about 15 days ago, two weeks ago. And I think I supposed to like at 28 days, I'm, I'm definitely going to go to heaven. I don't know. I don't <laughs> just, I did the vaccine. And I'm, and I'm happy about that, but I'm still, you know, wearing a mask and I'm, I don't want to get sick, man. I'm, I'm totally unlucky. Well, you're so, you're so ambitious to be thinking like in 10 days we're doing a show is the numbers going crazy, you know? I, I'm unlucky in love and unlucky in getting sick. I mean, you know, now let's bring it down. Let's get all modeling now. Let's get it. I'm all oh. slumping. I've been slumping in this chair. and sit up right? straight. My parents were alive right now. They'd be, my father would be slapping, in the, slapping me on what the top you? of the head going, sit up. Stop playing with oh. your penis. Anyway, hey, the wrong show. You are a big record person. I, am I right? I think I heard you, you do vinyl, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What would you say your, your, five, your five vinyls you've been listening to and like the one vinyl of them or any of them that, we, that you think that people have to have that is, I'm not saying like Michael Jackson's off the wall or back in black that everybody has. I'm saying like what album do you think people should have in their collection? Like, like I like to get turned on by different people's music is what I'm saying. You know? I'm not, I, you know, I can't, I can't really... You know, when you suggest something to somebody, they're like, some, sometimes they're like, I don't really get it. It's for the people that love um, rock and soul music. Um, one of my go-to records is uh, Joe Cocker, uh, Mad Dogs and Englishman. Uh, and Leon Russell's in it and all kinds of great singers. Uh, Rita Coolidge is it, you know. And it's it's live and it's and oh my god it just I agree it's it's a good album it's a fantastic sounding 
record for a live record, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I love Leon Russell on anything. Oh, me too. Oh, he's God. just like he that guy's was underrated. Like I, he's just ridiculous. And and Elton John too. I mean, I I love Elton John, and you know, I, I was listening to Captain Fantastic and the Brown Deer and Cowboy uh, the other day. I mean, I got I keep looking over here because I don't want to show it to you right now because I got Prince, not Prince, Prince of uh, the Beatles, their lithograph, uh, Beatles. Uh, can I show you? Yeah. Hold on. I can't, I want to move it around because you know, this. I got probably dirty laundry around here, but I have like lithograph. That's I mean, really cool. Re yeah, and it's like, I think maybe there were like 2000 made and this is like uh, 175 now number 175 but anyway um yeah lithographs but they're covering the vinyl section right That's now tough. yeah and uh which is that they are beatles thing by the way i'm a big beetle fan it's way more impressive i got my yellow submarine if you look below if you can see oh. the background the lego thing and my wife yeah. is like i also have the beatles lego portrait you have to decide which beetle you're going to build so yeah, I'm in the middle of a, I think I'm doing George Harrison. I know we're talking over each other because we're both collectors. I'm I yeah, bet exactly. a lot more people are have more stuff than I do, but I do have a few little things. Yeah, I got my uh the you know way before that what what are those little things that come out there? They're kind of bobbleheads. Oh, like the pop 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 things, right? Pop pop yeah. pop figures or whatever they're called, right? Ah, blah blah blah. Yeah. So pop bullshit. So I have similar to that that came out like 20 years ago. There were Beatles stuff, you know, with with the Yellow Submarine vibe. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I got my Butcher's album. I got I got some Beatles stuff. I got some 45s. Um, Pat, I, I got the fact that Pat Torpy. It's indirect, you know. It's a Kevin Bacon thing, but uh, I did Kevin. I mean, did Pat. Uh, jam with Ringo I don't know but like met him he had a good conversation with him and I remember him coming to practice going I met Ringo um yeah a lot of, a lot of stuff like having that they oh my god Paul and uh and Billy too but I just totally remember Paul being a huge Beatles fan and, and Pat Torpy huge yeah they 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 both had like a bunch of vinyl and stuff on that and i you know i have this rubber soul hard day's night i got i got all the albums in lithographs i got them from uh when we when we toured japan like one of the first time or uh, second time and uh i don't this is a this is a collector's thing but we were sponsored we you know that drill thing with the drill getting caught in the things hair yeah a drill in my company, mind a japanese yeah. drill company called makita uh sponsored us on a worldwide tour i mean we put you know rolling stones i remember one time i had joe van musk which was a, a perfume back in the eight yeah late 70s or something 80s and they had joe van musk somewhere in their look you know artwork yeah. back we had these makita drills they were in the back somewhere and uh but the advertising company they gave me these lithographs and then that had to be that was around the lean into a thing so it was 30 years ago i've had these things and they're all over the house and i'm, I'm putting and, and and you know what ironic i was gonna 
for this podcast or webcast, whatever you call it, I was going to put this up behind me because this is the ugliest. You got Guitar Center behind you. Look at me, man. This is bullshit. I feel like I know, but me and my yeah, yeah. You get some nice red pillows, also. Yeah, that's nice little. I got my red pillows on a blue couch. I thought that was kind of cool, but is it blue? It almost looks brown from here. My, and the screen looks brown to me. Oh, it's brown now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's blue. It's blue. I can't really. I believe you. It's, okay. You... Yeah. It's, it's okay. okay. It, yeah, it looks a little bit. That's funny. <laughs> well, and this is, I'm totally blowing it for myself right now. But when I moved into, I live in a condo. And when I moved in here, the the space in this living room part, it's kind of a loft condo the space in the, this living room part couldn't fit the couch that I that I bought and so this couch is actually my kids couch from their game room I know it's, a, it's not Richie Rich conversation at all but they had a little game room that they do their PlayStation 4 and they go dad that's our that's our game room couch yeah yeah well <laughs> it's going in <laughs> you know so that's it. I know. I know my kids are gonna. They're they're not gonna watch this. But if they do they watch even, it, yeah, they even text you back. Like, watch it's so that will be the one thumbs down I get. I'll get two. One from each of your kids. I had a really wonderful time. Should I put my trickster plaid shirt back on just to have continuity? I no. no. I, I, uh, just, I just 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 to be with you is is, is more than enough. That is the. Such a bad, I know. I can't believe that's not playing in the back. Hey, this is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, and you're listening to a real, real interviewer, interviewer, Sean Ratchis on Laughing Monkey Music. Take the G off of laughing and put a laughing and talk later with an Irish accent. <laughs>